Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back uh, to the No Respect Podcast. Uh, get the fuck out of here with that intro! The Habs take game three! OT! <laughs> Refs! Vegas! Doesn't matter, ladies and gentlemen! It doesn't fucking matter! <laughs> this team, what a fucking group! Ladies and gentlemen... Join alongside me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's loud. It's late. My girlfriend is texting me. <laughs> the dog is rattled. I'm joined alongside Justin, my chair, Alex. Together, we make the No Respect Podcast. Here to talk about just an absolute fucking incredible game where apparently the Habs commit grand larceny. A heist committed at the Bell Center, and we are here to talk about it. Game three, Vegas, Habs, that take it in OT. Josh Anderson, let's start with you, boys. Take us back down to earth here because uh, uh, I don't know what else to do right now. Alex. Yeah, man, holy shit, what an intro. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know how to follow that up. Um Fuck, I was the, the complete opposite of that mood until two minutes left in the game last night because uh, that third period was rough um, watching them try to make something happen with Vegas just playing so well defensively. But Marc-Andre Fleury's done this his whole career. You can often <laughs> count on him to make a blunder of some sorts. And, of course, it was Josh Anderson who's been not invisible, at least on the ice, but on the score sheet. And for him to finally break out of that slump, you knew he was going to do something in overtime after that and to get the OT winner. Insane play by Paul Byron, who, like everyone's mentioned, was on waivers three times this year, and he's come up just so big. These playoffs, huge goals, huge assists there. And just uh, amazing game. And to, like you said, to steal that one is huge. And if we can win another in Montreal, puts us in a great, great spot. And yeah, just again, we said it last episode, but it's crazy that this run is still going. And now we're up against Vegas 2-1. It's unbelievable. Justin, please, please follow up. This is one of those wins. That's like yeah. the kind of wins that's just like a storybook kind of thing. Like you'd never Bookmark expect it. it. The improbable I think it was 30 shots to eight going to the third period, which is embarrassing. And the fact that it was a optically, one, yeah. The fact that it was a tie game at that point was was amazing. And I mean, thank you to Carey Price. And I thought we played as much as we didn't generate shit for probably 58 <laughs> minutes of the game, other than like one breakaway. I thought we played well defensively to keep Vegas to the perimeter and not let them get a lot of chances. They kind of like they got a lot of shots from the outside. The shot totals maybe kind of overinflated the fact that they were kind of dominating play. Um, but they still did dominate the Habs for sure. But you know what? Our best period in that game was the fourth period. The overtime yeah. period where it counted Correct. the most. We dictated play in OT. And I'm going to tell you right now, when we started OT, I knew we were winning that game. It was just a storybook finish. We can talk about the fucking Corey Perry, like broken nose, high stick, four minute <laughs> missed. We're going to talk about the refs penalty. later. We're going to talk about these fucking refs later. I'm just DM, saying, please. we didn't need it. We didn't need it. Yeah. Because or we maybe have we did. 
we have the character players to close out a game in OT. Like it it has happened four OTs in a row. 4-0 and in OTs now in these playoffs. Let's fucking go. What a fucking game. I don't remember I don't remember another like emotional roller coaster of a game. I don't know, since like since a long time. It was it was awesome. Just a I'm, great game. I will say this right now, no matter what kind of fan you are, no matter if you're a pessimist, a realist, you you're on the little bit of the left, you're a little bit of the right, whatever the fuck you are, optimistic, you're probably out of your goddamn mind. That's the way I am. I know that's how Justin is, and even Alex to this point, I think is there's some magic happening with this team. You've got to be recognizant of the fact that there is something special going on with the Montreal Canadiens, Le Canadien de Montréal, Le Bleu, Blanc et Rouge, because blue and white just isn't enough, right? I'm saying right now that this group is providing us with moments that as fans... Whether we win this series or not... Now, I know we haven't gotten to the Vegas side of things whatsoever... I am aware of this. But what we have witnessed, starting from round one, with the Leafs going down 3-1, coming back, the sweep against the Jets, and how many fucking Goliaths do we need to go up and, to quote Justin, put the blade up their ass, how many fucking Goliaths do we need to do it again? I, I don't understand how you cannot be excited about this group. On paper, leave it behind. You want the refs, the zebras to be against you? You got it. But fuck it, man. If you're a Habs fan, this is some real shit going on. You're 2-1. 2-1 against the Vegas Golden Knights in round three in 2021. Remember this. You will remember it, okay? Enjoy it, no matter who you are, Justin. Yeah, I mean, something I thought about is like the Habs in our lifetimes, the Habs have not been this close to the Stanley Cup. And it's just, it's, it's like something crazy to think about that we're like this close. And I mean, the last time obviously was the, the New York series in 2014, which obviously took a turn for the worst in game one. And after that, no, I don't think any Habs fans really had the belief that we could go all the way without Carey Price. Yeah. But at this point, like we have the health, we have a team that seemingly the can depth, do man. it. It's it's I'm 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 a believer right now. And and another kind of f fun fact about this game was it's the first time we've won a game in these playoffs while trailing. Yeah. So every yeah. other game we've won, the eight other games mm -hmm. we've won, or sorry, nine. Yeah, we've won 10 games in total. So the nine other games we've won have been, we've been leading the whole games. This is the only is that, one. Is that, is, is that the correct math, though? I don't think it's correct. Is we Maybe won 12 games, no? It's 12 games. No, four, no, ten. no we've I'm won 10. It will be 12. 10, no, no, you're 10. It you're will right, be 12 right, next right. week, but it's yeah. 10. <laughs> I love it. I love you're it. Yeah, 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 no, you're right. No, yeah, yeah no, it was, no, it was 10. But anyway, just, it's just... Hey, I'm a marketing just, major. You know this, okay? Yeah, so math is not your strong suit. Also, no, the reconnaissance, I don't know if that's a word. Um, I Listen, I, I, I said recognizant, uh, just so you know. <laughs> that's even I, less I don't of a know. word. <laughs> yeah. This, listen, there's going to be some words that are going to be created. Uh, Alex, I know that you had a follow-up here. 
Yeah, I mean, I just want to say you mentioned earlier that I'm definitely a bit more pessimistic, but during the season, I was saying if there was a way for Montreal to win this year, it's going to have to be a Cinderella run, and that's exactly what's going on right now. Everything is going right. Um, what is Cinderella's story? They found she finds a slipper there. Someone gives her a slipper. <laughs> so Carrie Price has found his slipper. And well, uh, I think Flurry gave him that slipper with that fucking there you goal go. that was there given to go. Anderson. Fuck. Holy fuck! But yeah, Nuts. and I mean everything that. Well, I I don't want to speak too soon. Obviously, Ducharme has COVID now and stuff. But um, everything that can go right has gone right, and. Again, like a guy like Caulfield, like big play last night. He had a chance to score a second. Um, Nick Suzuki, just unbelievable once again. And the defense, I mean, we've said it every night, but Shea Weber and Petrie, like I've, I've criticized Shea Weber all year, but he's stepped up big time, especially considered he's probably playing hurt as well. And mm-hmm. it, it's just unbelievable to watch. Again, I, I don't have more words to describe it. It's just unreal. And people are saying it might be a curse that's broken from when uh, Patrick Roy and Mario Tremblay, they finally, what's the word, re- reconciled? Is that a word? I'm inventing yeah. words now. Listen, but we're going to reinvent no, a lot they, of they, words. It's a lovely They reconciled over uh, an Uber Eats there, order. There's magic there's t- in the air in Montreal, and it's just it's amazing to watch. Tonight's Habs victory was their fourth consecutive playoff win at the Bell Centre, the franchise's longest home streak in the postseason since when? 1993. Uh, I want to shout out to Priyanta Emrith, who's a great follow on Twitter, which has a lot of information like this. So a huge thank you to her. Don't think she's aware of who we are, but a huge thank you to you. Um, And it's at Habs in High Heels, if you guys want to check that out. But coming back to the Montreal Canadiens, man, I totally agree. We spoke about a lot of things that needed to go right when we were coming into the postseason. And we didn't get it up until we were down 3-1, against the Leafs, but we needed everyone to show up. We needed the best version of the Habs to show up, and that starts with Carey Price. Now, I don't want to take away, I'm probably going to get roasted here. I'm probably going to get roasted, but I think you guys somewhat agree with me, is that I find, like, I know that the shot line for the first three periods was absolutely brutal. Absolutely brutal. But that was... I remember a time where the Montreal Canadiens used to get like 40 shots a game. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Shaw time, uh, Lars Eller time. And we were like, man, these guys are getting so many shots. And everybody would be like, nobody cares. You can't put it in the net. That was the type of night that I felt Vegas was having against the Habs for once. And the Montreal Canadiens, as opposed to the teams that I've watched for the decades that I've been into hockey... Well, the two decades plus, like, you know, being semi-not there when I was young. I've never seen this. I've never seen a team being able to take the little opportunities that are given to them and actually capitalize on them. If there's a gift, they took it and they buried it. In the past, I feel like the Montreal Canadiens have not been that type of team. If there's a mistake, if there's a giveaway, if there's a pinch, I feel like there's always been, like oh, we had the opportunity, but we hit the post, or we didn't do a good shot. We shot it into the chest of the goalie. Right now, the Montreal Canadiens are the team that I didn't think that they could be this soon. Um, your thoughts on that, yeah, Alex? I, I, oh, or sorry, sorry Justin, sorry, Justin, Justin, go ahead. 
Well, I, I think they just have that kind of clutch factor right now. Like the players, different kind of players are stepping up and different players have that ability to kind of step up on different nights. And we have the type of depth that we have um, these players that, I mean, we don't have any superstars, obviously. I don't think anyone, I mean, we can say Cole Caulfield is a superstar in the making. Nick Suzuki as well, potentially. Um, but we don't have anyone that's going to be a game changer that you can rely on every single night. We have to rely on these players that are going to step up night after night and just different players. So different guys are going to step up step in. And yeah, like you said, like Vegas, I don't think had m many more high danger chances than the Habs. I think Alex said it earlier that they had 13 to 10 or something. And based on the shots, like the shots yeah. were, I mean, at the end of the end of the game was like 47 to 25, 27. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the Habs were still doing a good job defensively to, to keep the high danger scoring chances low, even though yeah. Vegas had a lot of offensive zone uh, time. Yeah. So, I mean, well, you look at the two goals, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. the two goals comes off a, a brutal giveaway. No, that's a, that's a gift. Stahl. It was a gift for a it's gift. A it was like a gift exchange tonight. Uh, yeah, that, night. that that was just uh, just gave gave it to them. And let's be real here: as much as Carey Price that stop against Alex Tuck was out of his mind, the goal against Alex Petrangelo was not one that you expect Price to give up. I I don't want, I don't mean to say it's, that in a negative way. It's, it's just, not even a, it's, it's just like not even a scoring chance. Like it's yeah, it's <laughs> like it's like from the top of the circle there. Like yes, it's somewhat dangerous. But, like, it's Carey Price and playoff Carey Price for him. I think, I guarantee you that he would have wanted that one back and that he could have stopped that in any other circumstance. That's, that's one 99 out of 100 he stops. Now, maybe we can get into the actual Vegas side of things. Now, this is a team, again, This we're, we're talking on an absolute high here from the Montreal Canadiens fandom in us. Now, if we come back objectively, the series is not over. The Vegas Golden Knights are still a better team on paper. And they come up with a performance where the, the start is what they wanted to address. They addressed it. They got the first goal. Now, where do you go from here? Because now you got Marc-Andre Fleury that, to be honest, after that, like, he has not looked that comfortable in net. He's had some moments where he's looked good. He's had some moments where he's come up big. But there's other moments where he does not look comfortable in, in the situation that he's in. I don't know if it's playing against the Montreal Canadiens, if it's the pressure of, you know, four years ago when he was with the Penguins and you saw some of those troubles, if that's resurfacing for whatever reason. Uh, your, your thoughts on this? Start with you, Alex. Yeah, I mean, I know you want to touch on Vegas specifically, but just a quick note is that I don't think Montreal is going to come out as slow next game like I think they realized that they they did yeah like you said the chances might not have been that lopsided but realistically they probably did steal this game and they know they have to come out better for the next one um when it comes to Vegas and Fleury specifically I I don't know if Fleury's rattled to be honest because I feel like he like he always has this in him he had a great season he's been having great years um I think he's just always been a goalie who has that weird style or that more erratic style and he's going to make some big saves but there's always that chance of flurry giving up a softy i think that's just part of his game and mm. vegas as a whole as a team has been good at protecting him from that 
But we even saw it in the Colorado series at the end of the first period. I think Brandon saw Brandon saw yeah had like that muffin shot that he tried to glove instead of just blockering it away. So I don't know. Yeah. I think Flurry. Like, I'd hope he's rattled. I hope he plays worse, but I, I could see him having some strong games still. And Vegas as a whole, I mean, I don't think there's much more they can do. I think that was a really good game on their part. Um, Montreal's whole game plan is going to be to keep them to the outside, not give up those high chances. And yeah. I think Montreal is going to keep doing a good job of that. So I think they just have to be more opportunistic, but you have Carey Price in that, so... I don't know how realistic that is, but yeah, I mean, Pete DeBoer said it himself, his post-game interview, which kind of pissed off a lot of Habs fans, but he said, if we keep playing like this, I don't think Montreal can win two more games. Um, we don't know how much truth there is to that. We're going to find out shortly, but they mm. played well. I think Montreal just took their chances and got away with it. And in a seven-game series, you could win a series like that, so... Yeah, sure I don't know. We'll price. see. It'll be interesting for sure. I mean, just just a comment on on Pete DeBoer's uh, quote. I don't think you can make make a statement like that just because I think Montreal, to me, Montreal had an off game. Like their passing was not crisp. They they didn't seem to be able to get get it going. And this is like an off game for Montreal. The first three games of the series, uh, the first two games of the series, and the rest of the playoffs. They seem to be able to put it together, and they're and they're a respectable team now. It's not like you can say Vegas is is head and shoulders above the Habs in terms of right right now. So yeah. I think if the Habs come out and and if Vegas puts up a performance like they did, I I wouldn't say that that they should be comfortable in that space because they're still not generating the chances that they need to be able to score. And their their players like William Carlson, like Mark Stone, like. Uh, Pacioretty, Marcheseau, these guys they're, they're, that were supposed to be game changers aren't showing up, like aren't able to show up against the Habs. So that to me would be concerning as a Vegas Golden Knights fan or as Pete DeBoer. Um, but you can't take away what kind of performance they did that that uh, that game. They completely dominated the Habs in terms of possession and offensive zone time. Um, but they have to put the puck away. Like that's if they're they not have, doing that. They have that. to do something with it. Yeah. 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 And I, I know Carey Price had a hell of a game. Don't get me wrong. When you have that many shots, there were a few high danger chances that a Carey Price at $10.5 million, even him is not supposed to necessarily make that save, but he's in the zone right now. And, now, and shot blocking too. The, yeah, we've had well, some big shot blocks too. That's But that's the thing is that, you know, I, I, I get the optics of this. I get that when you look at the scoreline, I don't know, when I watch this game and it could just be the Montreal fan in me that's that and it's most probably that it's just that i haven't seen vegas really be the team that i saw absolutely take over a game the way that they really want to because their that their whole game is playing heavy physical which we're we're capable of playing with them at that level and we're also not allowing them to get to the middle the middle is the most important part of their game it's being dynamic. They did it in game one. That was the game that they were being themselves. You had the passes to Jonathan Marcheseau where, where Carey Price actually needs to go across and make that big save. Those are the types of plays that the Montreal Canadiens right now I don't think are allowing. Even last night, there were a few chances, 
but not enough for the Vegas Golden Knights to be satisfied with their high danger chances. So you might not like the Montreal Canadiens style. You might not like the New York Islanders style, but it's effective. It's working. It's defense and taking your chances when they come. So, I mean, Alex, I, I know that you may have a response here, but I just don't understand why, why it, it, unless you're doing run-and-gun hockey, it can't be effective hockey. That's the, that's the question I'm with, but go ahead. Uh, yeah, I agree with you 100%. And to everyone who complains about style, the second Vegas takes a lead, they're playing the same style. Like, the only reason Montreal's been playing that style so much is because they've had the lead nine of their ten wins. What's the yeah. point in taking risks in a playoff game if you have a lead and you can hold it with the best goalie in the world? Like, there's no yeah. reason to try to go out there and make risky plays for high-danger chances. No, just see out the game. We've seen it in yeah. Vegas's third periods. Even the game, we only tied it last night because of Fleury's mistake. But Vegas was not letting anything go by, and I don't think they created a chance in the third period. It's just that it, it makes sense OT, to play this style. Yeah, and the OT and the OT period where we needed to turn it on and try yeah, to get absolutely. some opportunity. That's where the Montreal Canadiens fucking did it. So exactly, I yeah. don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Justin, anything to add on that, or uh, do we move on to the very <laughs> important topic of the refs? Oh yeah, no, no, let's go into that because I'm fucking fired up about okay. that shit okay simply put the refing for this game was the worst i have ever seen it's joke. in the situation of a fucking semi-final for the stanley cup there there is no consistency there is no logic between what is going on on the ice the calls that are being made against the Montreal Canadiens and the ones that are not being called against Vegas. I am not a conspiracy theorist. I very much think that that's usually a load of BS. But I am starting to think that the NHL might have an agenda to put the odds on Vegas' side. I, I, I'm speaking extremely emotionally. I don't know if this is true. But last night was the worst officiating that I've ever fucking seen in a game of hockey. It was absolutely brutal. I don't know where you want to start. If it's the Perry missing his fucking nose and turning into Voldemort by the end of the fucking <laughs> OT period. If it's... I don't know what it is. I don't know where to start. The, the call against Armia that was a clean hit. I don't know where to start. So let's talk about it. And Alex, you start. I basically have the same opinion of, as you. Um, I mean, I've said it all year when it comes to refing. I know some people have harsher opinions than me in that they do see it as biased, and I often don't agree with that. I think it's just because we don't watch other teams' games that we think it might be more biased against Montreal. But yeah, like, like you said, last night was probably the worst I've seen when it comes to refing. Just just awful. Like I'm, I'm not saying don't call the ones you did on Montreal, but... You have to call it the other way, too. And, it's... like, the hook for Kotkaniemi on Pacioretty, like, sure, he did get his stick up there, but if Pacioretty's holding it onto his thigh, you yeah. have to call the holding the stick as well. Like, it, and I don't know, it was just getting ridiculous at some point, and, yeah, the most blatant one, obviously, in overtime, which, like, again, is 
I don't care if they're ignoring calls that are outside of the play away from the puck that won't have an impact on the transition or anything. But you're literally taking a guy out of the play to then have an odd man rush the other way. I don't know. It's just it. It's a I'll double pro- fucking minor. Yeah, it's, that's it's it. the yeah. most blatant double minor that you can possibly get. And you've got the guy that's right there staring at him, getting his nose sliced off by Jonathan Marcheseau. Yeah, I, it, I, don't, I don't get, I don't get no, it. No, it's just it, brutal overall. And I'll let Justin get into it further because I think he wants to rip on them more. So go ahead, <laughs> yeah, Justin. Let's do it. Okay, you're talk- okay, first of all, that high stick on Corey Perry was the most like blatant four minute like bleeding high stick penalty you could have. He got high sticked maybe a millisecond past and there was blood gushing out of his face. Like sometimes they have to look at it, they fucking pull down their lip and they have to find it with a microscope. This time it was gushing out on the ice. And like Alex said, right in front of the puck, the puck is right there. All four fucking officials can call this. The linesmen are allowed to call high stick penalties as well. And no one did. Like, it's, it, that's actual embarrassing. bullshit. And embarrassing. The Habs found a way to win the game either way. They didn't need the four-minute fucking penalty in OT. Who cares? Fuck it. Cole Caulfield could have scored the OT winner. Maybe that could have happened in, in the power play. But no, it's okay. We have Paul Byron and jo- Josh Anderson to fucking help us out there. Yo, not but, to mention KK's assist there. That was a backhand yeah, yeah. pop fly to the... That was, it was, it was pretty <laughs> sick. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it was. It was incredible. It, it it was sick. I mean, it wasn't the most accurate pass. Josh Anderson had to be had to be good. He did with what his he had to eye. do. He did what he had I to do. I think he he has a good hand eye uh, boost on that on that skill. Yeah. For anyway, sure. it's baseball, um, Josh. Back to it's true. Yeah. I, I I remember that. Um, yeah. back to the fucking officiating about your conspiracy theory. It's one hundred percent true, and I'll tell you it's exactly plausible. why. Not only. Okay, they not only do they do the refs have a bias towards the Vegas Golden Knights, the NHL decided to put Chris Lee in this game. And Chris Lee, it's a statistical fact that Chris Lee has a bias against the Habs. There was a Reddit user by the name statistical. of by the name of Lamoth on on our Habs and on our hockey that did some research about Chris Lee. And he calls 13% more penalties on the Habs than anyone else in the league. Jesus Christ. So, your conspiracy theory. I don't know if it's a conspiracy. I don't know if it's a theory or if it's just fact. Okay, listen. I mean, let's let's bring it back here because there might be some Vegas fans here. We're talking a little bit over the top. You got to understand, though, this is this. There's there's a lot of links. There's a lot of links. You can't say that there aren't enough links here. So I'm not saying that it's true, but Vegas expansion team, obviously it makes sense that they want for that team to be successful, to expand the league further, to get more revenue. That's number one. You bring in Chris Lee. That's number two. It's starting to make sense. That's all I'm saying, Alex. Yeah, you mentioned the Vegas fans and like... After last night's game, I wanted to hop on a podcast and just rip Vegas fans. <laughs> and thinking about it now, the reason for that, it's the officiating. Like, 
I'm getting so pissed off at the officiating that it's making me just hate Vegas as a whole. Like their players, <laughs> the city, the fans, and like I feel bad about it now, but it's because of the officiating. And so if this turns out that, yeah, I mean, there's some actual statistical evidence to this now. And I said it last episode too, that Colorado, Minnesota fans were saying the same thing. And you brush that off. But now it's three series in a row. Um, I think there's a sequence in the Colorado series where they had, for two and a half games, Vegas didn't have a penalty other than a delay of game, puck over glass. And yeah. Minnesota, I think they had six minors in the seven games or something. So at some point, it's getting a bit ridiculous. The folder and is thickening. The folder yeah. is thickening here for the evidence. And I don't know. It just makes it... Like, obviously, I don't want to cheer for Vegas, but it just makes you hate them even more. Um, so, yeah, that's I'll, I'll hold back a bit. But, yeah, I just yeah. want to say the, the officiating is having more of an impact than just this series. Like, it's making people dislike the team as a whole. Um, and that's not a good look for the NHL, for your expansion team, if every other team despises them. I Listen, I, we're, we're, we'll say this. The expansion side of things, you got to understand that it, it's it. It might come from a part of jealousy from us Montreal Canadiens fans that are seeing a team that you got to give them the credit that they deserve with that that expansion draft that they did because everybody put them at the bottom of the barrel and they were not a team that was at the bottom of the barrel. They built on that. They got UFAs. They've attracted the UFAs to the city. They've built something. But you got to understand that when you're playing against teams that have been through droughts and droughts of not competing and you see this new shiny toy for the NHL that's coming in and just demolishing teams and, and you have these added kind of links that we're not sure if it's true, but now it's starting to creep into your mind. You're not, it's hard for us to enjoy the product of the Vegas Golden Knights right now. I, I, I have to agree with you, but it's coming from an emotional part. We'll bring it back. Justin, go ahead. I, 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 don't, want, I don't want it to, to be turned into somewhere where, you know, we're going way too emotional. We probably already went that route, but, but hey, let's go, Justin. Yeah, uh, yeah, I just want to say in all seriousness, like, it is a problem. I don't want to say it's a conspiracy theory against the Vegas Golden Knights, but the officiating... In the playoffs and even in the regular season, it's it's a problem. Like there needs to be some sort of fucking summer camp that these refs go to learn some sort of consistency as to how they call games, especially in the playoffs, because it's it's honestly a joke that you see these types of big moments get ruined by missed calls, by calls on on stuff that shouldn't be called in the playoffs or something like that. So I don't know. There just needs to be more consistency. Alex, go ahead. Honestly, big thing. There needs to just be accountability, and the league would never agree to it. But for controversial calls and stuff, there has to be like a time period the next day, let's say, where the team can publicly ask for an explanation as to this call, and the league will give a public answer. Obviously, it's never going to happen. They'll never admit that they're missing calls. But yeah. the only way for it to ever be fixed is just for there to be that public accountability to yeah. it. That, yeah, we did miss this call. We apologize, whatever, or this was the wrong call. Um, it takes a bit of the drama out of the game. The league would never want that, but I, I see that as the only solution. 
Well, I agree listen, with that. The, the only caveat that I'll put to this, okay, is that I'm seeing a lot of people, and I agree, I agree with you. I'm just going to play a little bit of devil's advocate is that I think hockey is probably one of the most difficult sports to officiate. The game is so fast on skates, like there's hitting, there's so many different elements. It's, I think it's a different beast. Now, what I will say is that I'm not happy with the standard that the NHL has put out. And again, if you want to let things go, let them go on both sides. It's okay to call penalties or not call penalties for me. Just call it the same fucking way. That's all I'm asking for. And I don't think that they have done that. Justin. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with what you said. Like officiating in the NHL is probably one of the hardest refing jobs in sports and like bar none. It's the fast, one of the fastest games in the world. And the problem I have is that I don't think it's the refs not seeing the calls. It's them seeing it and choosing not to call it. So that's, that's a big problem. And what you said is um, like paramount. Yeah, it's the heart of the problem right now. Yeah. It's the consistency. But uh, listen, this series is still... We, we talked about Josh Anderson, who has two goals in this one. Obviously, starting off with the with the the uh, the giveaway from Mark Andre Fleury, we'll see how he bounces back for next game. I don't I don't suspect a goalie change here. I don't think Fleury has been that bad. I think that I last do. game it was a mistake, but I think they're looking for somebody that's going to make big saves. He's the type of guy that will. I know they have Robin Leonard, but I don't think he's an upgrade on, on Fleury to be honest. And the other thing that I wanted to say is that this series is still not over. I'm expecting Vegas to have a pushback, but the Montreal Canadiens right now have an opportunity to make an écart de trois, three to one in this series against the Vegas Golden Knights. And again, people keep doubting the ability in this team. You may not like how it's done. You may not like it, but you gotta give it credit because it's working. I, I, you can't go three rounds. You're playing against the Vegas Golden Knights, the Winnipeg Jets. I know that there's centers that are missing and all of that stuff, but I don't know. I, I just don't buy it anymore. You can't not give credit to the Montreal Canadiens and what they're doing right now. I don't, uh, let's maybe end it off on that. I don't know what you guys think on that point, but are we finally at the point where you can say they're doing something right here? I mean, yeah, for sure. I, and it's like, nobody really expected this to happen. But if you were a Habs fan and you saw like the kind of potential that was going through this year, when we were healthy, when we started off hot, we saw the kind of potential of this team and saw like what we can do when all cylinders are firing and everyone is, is kind of buying into the system. And that's what's happening now. And I mean, I'm not going to say I expected this at all. But it's just awesome to see this kind of underdog Cinderella type story and it's happening to our Habs. And I just want to say, like, I, I've seen I go on Reddit hockey almost every day, all all day. Fuck. And I see a lot of fans from other teams like going and coming on the Habs bandwagon saying, like, this is a sick story. And I fucking love you guys. And yeah, it's amazing. I love it. I love that, that people actually are like. Jumping on the Habs bandwagon because it seems like on Reddit at least people it's are always shitting like on this. the Habs. Yeah. It's it's uh yeah. Anyway, Alex, any last words here? 
I think it's just great to see for everyone who said the North Division's trash and is going to get destroyed the second they finish their Canadian matchups. Because now, worst case, we're losing in six, which isn't going to happen. We're going to win this series, but worst case, it's a loss in six. And Five, well. that, that's a good showing no matter what. I think, yeah, like you guys said, it's you have to give them respect and you have to applaud the showing by the team. It's been unreal. Carey Price picks up his 10th uh, win this postseason and becomes the fourth different Canadians goaltender to post 10 or more wins in a single playoff year since uh, Patrick Roy in 1993. Who's that? Once again. Yeah, uh, little number 33, a little comparison to 31 here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this series is not over, okay? We know this. But Habs, 2-1 to one against Vegas. A couple of shout-outs. Mark... Cole, Bergevin. Uh, Gerald, my Siri is talking to me um, for uh, for that uh, a little bit uh, out of the uh, um, very expressive intro that was for you guys uh, that you guys asked for it. So I, I gave it to you. But guys, this is an important time for the Montreal Canadiens in game three. You got an opportunity. Let's try to seize it. It's not over. And six games away. <laughs> I don't want to say it this way but six wins away from a Stanley fucking cup. If you want to put things into perspective, six wins away. Ladies and gentlemen, Alex, Justin, myself, Mackie, together, we make the No Respect Podcast. We wish you farewell, and we'll see you next game review. And we'll see what the Habs do, baby, because there's something going on. There's something going on with Le Bleu, Blanc et Rouge. Go Habs, go. Merci et bonsoir. Habs in three. <laughs>